Before we start, we'd like to note that this episode discusses themes of depression, self-harm and suicide, which may be disturbing or triggering for some listeners. If at any point you find this overwhelming, please stop listening. If you feel like you are in immediate danger, please call 111. Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. Welcome along to the Master Builders Elevate podcast. I'm joined today by Glenn Thurston of Dunlop Builders. Hey, Glenn, welcome to the show. G'day, Ryan. How are you? Mate, I am great, and for our listeners out there, very fortunate to have known uh, Glenn from some time ago. Our paths crossed through uh, CrossFit uh, of all pursuits, and uh, Glenn was an amazing host for us when a group of us from Auckland uh, descended into, at that time, his hometown of Wanaka, and uh, we did some fun things around around CrossFit. But this is this is not a CrossFit show, so we're not going to be talking about wads or burpees or muscle ups or anything. We're talking about something probably the the most important muscle in the entire body to have in good health, and that would be your mental health and mental wealth. So our topic today, talking with Glenn, is all around mental wealth. Glenn, welcome in, mate. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Alrighty. Hey, look, you've you've been on quite the journey, and I think it's always very authentic when uh, people can talk about mental wealth and mental health from their own perspective. Would you be able to lead us off with just maybe a bit of your background? I know the the mental health journey goes right back to your dad. Can you maybe give us a bit of uh, insight and and uh, takes from there? Yeah. So yeah, like I say, my my journey around depression, I suppose, started with my old man. He, um, I was about thirty years ago when I was maybe fifteen. Um, that retired was well, 13 actually dad retired from Qantas we moved to Adelaide in in Australia and um, moved state from Sydney and in, he got really depressed and I guess back in those days none of us really knew what it was or understood it or anything even doctors you know it was um, we were not ashamed by it but we, we we hid under an umbrella of the stigma of what it was and we have sort of created the stigma in our own family I suppose um, looking back on it but um yeah, he battled it for a long time. It became quite the recluse. He was always in bed, and and um, yeah, we just didn't understand it. So we we battled along with that, and then he got real bad. Doctors gave him medicines and things that didn't really go well with him. So we just, you know, like I say, we're a bit embarrassed. And then I got a bit older and started drinking and having a bit of fun. And then all of a sudden, at the age of eighteen, I don't even know what brought me to that night, but um, I ended up in hospital after an attempt on my life and. I still to this day don't even know what triggered me. I was at a, I was at the pub and I was having a good night, and the next minute I was in hospital with my mum and brothers around me. So, a um, bit of a shock to me. I got on with life just like my dad did, and yeah, ignored it and carried on, and gradually got back. I, I was building at the time. Um, I was a carpenter in Aussie, and um, yeah, getting back on site was a bit of a strange one, and, and just that whole male dominated scene. You just carried on, and I, I quite down with the drinking a bit, sort of. Everyone knew about it, what's going on, but then uh, they slowly started having a few more beers and got on with life and life carried on and I ignored it. Sure, things kicked my butt every now and again, but I felt like I had older things and knew what I was doing, got a bit of chat playing. But like I say, back then it wasn't really, I wasn't really talked about, wasn't really dealt with very well on my behalf and on professional levels behalf. But it is a lot better now. It could still be better, but it is a lot better than it was. 
Um, so yeah, and then I uh, carried on through my life and ended up moving country. My wife and I, um, obviously, met my wife and we moved over to New Zealand. Really long story short, a lot of good things happened in between, and you know the usual ups and downs of life. Um, and then I got into building again over here. Life was great, and I, I constantly felt like I had to get out of building. I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I kept running away from it, and having other dreams, and making excuses while I was doing something else. And one of those was CrossFit, and I opened my gym. Um, it was the dream and it was great and it, it took off so well that I couldn't really cope with it on my own, but I was too stubborn to get any help and combination of burnout, drinking heaps and not looking after my own mental health um, and running away from an industry that I knew, um, I ended up going into that bad state again and ended up in a really bad state one night and I still to this day don't know where I would be right now if my wife didn't come out to the kitchen that night. Yeah, I was, I was on a bit of a mission with the bottle and it was... It was going to win that night if Jen didn't actually come out, which was um, quite rare because normally she wouldn't. So, yeah, I was quite lucky and very fortunate she did. And um, looking back now, um, I, at where I'm at now with my health, I just look at it and just saying, why the hell was I even thinking like I was thinking, you know? It's, um, it's amazing. It's a long journey to get out of the other side, but it's so worthwhile and um, I'm so glad to be where I'm at now. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share my journey with others and it uh, turns out there's a shit ton of other people going through the same thing um all homes and yeah yep and as a uh, industry we have terrible statistics uh, around suicide in the building profession uh yeah maybe a, a uh overlay of that uh hey we're builders we're tough we don't talk about about stuff like that uh, i think it's real testament to the likes of yourself mates in construction um other health and wellness programs that we are actually starting to to realize uh that it's, it's no different if you've got a broken arm you go to site and say to your mates hey i broke my arm playing footy on the weekend um now you know we want to get to that plane where you're getting getting to site and going hey i'm having some i'm having i'm having a bad day you know my head's not in the right space being able to talk about that's a great thing but you've yeah. done an amazing job glenn and uh helping to raise the awareness of, of mental health and uh, something you did was called Turn the Corner. Can you tell us about uh, what inspired you? What is Turn the Corner about? What was what was involved? Um, yeah, it was something that just sort of evolved. I, I was I always wanted to do something to change the attitude and the mentality of people around mental health. And and although this campaign was specifically targeting construction, it is pretty generic. It's for everyone. It's it's not. This is a person problem. It's not just a building problem. Um, so thinking and thinking and I was my way of meditation, I love the concept of meditation, but I'm real crapping. So I, I go out bush, I go hills, I'm going to mountains, I I climb hills and mountain run, I go hunting or whatever I do. Um, as long as it involves nature and the outdoors and shit I come up with the answers of the world's problems when I'm out of there. But uh, yeah, slowly each day I'd go out the corner peak while I was living out that side of town and um things were starting to evolve and each day I'd come home to Jen and say, I've got no idea. I'm working on it. I'll talk to you. And eventually I come home and said, right. And, and I'd not long heard about my mates in construction. And it wasn't a big thing in Wanaka or in the South Island, to be honest. It wasn't even a field officer in the South Island at that point. And I was like, this this needs to be down here. We need to kick this off. And um, sure enough, by the time I had created what I was doing, I thought, well, the suicide rate in the construction in just 53. I'm going to climb this peak 53 times. And the biggest thing everyone says, why did you choose Corner Peak? And uh, well, having depression is not easy. Having depression is like climbing a mountain every day. So why do an easy mountain every day? So yeah, so I chose Corner Peak and it is one of my favorites. Um, so I chose to climb Corner Peak 53 times in 53 days, but 
The difference with this campaign to anything else I've ever done or what others do is it wasn't a fundraiser. I found that it was more than that. It was an awareness campaign and I just wanted people to be partake, get in nature, get active. You and I know the importance of activity with your mental health and sharing what I felt on the hills with others and um, shit, it blew up. It was it was very well taken. In the end, I had 335 people climb that peak with me over that future three days, which was amazing. Majority of them were tradies. Not all of them were, but yeah, anyone was welcome. Um, so what yeah. was a round trip? What was a round trip, Glenn, from top to, or bottom to top and back again? Um, round trip was on average around about seven hours. Um, some days faster, some days slower. There's about... Was it for uh, 19 Ks? Yeah, eight, eight and a half Ks, 19 K round trip. Um, yes. And none of it flat? No, about 1,700 metres elevation to the top, and it's quite a scrambly climb. It's straight up at the start, and then it gets quite technical in spots, um, and the final pinch to the top. So, pretty epic view at the top, too. Um, mm. there's, a, there's a quote I have on my Instagram which I've had for years, ever since I opened the gym. That was when I first got on Instagram. And, says that uh, the best views always come after the hardest climbs and it's quite ironic so many years later I'm doing this and it is the best view after the hardest climb you don't get the view until you get to the top and that's pretty special um yeah to share that with everyone was pretty cool yeah. and when you were walking with the tradies were you having open conversations about mental health on the while you're doing how did that shape up absolutely and at, at the start i'd have a quick safety briefing in the chart park at 4 30 in the morning pitch black and, and part of that was also opening up the space for anyone to talk about anything confidential. People wanted to let, let it off the hill. It's up to them. No one else. From the moment we left the car park some days to the moment we got back, there was conversations about people's stories, people's um, journeys, what they've been through, people they've lost, my story, um, then they asked me questions, and it flooded in. And the best thing about this is like I could have grabbed any one of these people and gone to the coffee shop and said, let's catch up for a coffee and talk, which is awesome. Most people should do that with their mates. Um, but you'd probably get an hour conversation, which is cool. Seven hours, nonstop conversation some days with, with these guys and girls. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty amazing. And you couldn't get seven hours in one go with someone purely talking about mental health. To do that for 53 days in a row, was, um, it was probably more tiring for me mentally not in a bad way, but it was just, you know, it was, it was constant, um, but very positive now having those conversations with people and, and giving people an opportunity to um, let it out. And, you know, I keep in touch with a lot of them still, a lot of people, um, and I've made some lifelong friends out of this, um, which is, is amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. And Glenn, you're part of the team at Dunlop Builders, and I know that they have uh, won the SiteSafe Mental Health Wellbeing Wellbeing Award in 2021. Uh, so maybe can you give our listeners some insight into what is it that Dunlop are doing to keep their team safe, both physically and mentally? Yeah. So I guess the first thing is this award that they won was actually just at the time when I started. So that was they didn't win this award based on anything that I'm doing, um, but it just shows the support that they do give to us as a, as a company um, based on the fact that when I spoke to Bryce about what I wanted to do, as crazy as it sounded, the first thing he said was, yeah, let's make it happen. How can we make it happen? I said, I don't know how I could take 53 days off financially or anything yet. But, um, oh, so you weren't, you weren't working seven till four as well and then doing the climb? <laughs> no. I was like, well, 30 and I was home and it bed by one o'clock in the afternoon. No, no. So he, um, he just said right from the get-go, we'll make it work, mate. Let's do this. This this is great. This is epic. And he wanted to get the community involved as much as we could. And 
have just stood by my side right from the start. Um, obviously, they've helped me out a little bit financially and, you know, just like I say, they've always been there. They've promoted it. You know, the biggest thing for me is not the money, not the being by my not uh, anything else other than the fact that they supported it right from the start. I didn't feel like I was a burden because of what I was doing, uh, which was epic. And, you know, as a company, they've, they're always having regular barbecues. And when I say that, they're not piss-ups. They're like lunchtime barbecues. We'll catch up and have a barbecue to show their appreciation for all the work we're doing. Um, we do an annual ski trip every year. That They're always doing something for us as staff, like, they're really good like that and um, the emphasis is on our well-being and health and constantly asking the question we'll sit down every year each and every single employee i think there's about 25 of us um and ask us how we're getting along what's going on individually personally and it's really good it's um you know where you sit and it's a really really um open space for conversation this campaign's opened up conversation a lot more but it was always i wouldn't have been able to do it if i didn't feel comfortable about talking about it in mm. in awareness of mental health starts with an attitude, doesn't often that's an attitude from the leaders in an organization that bring it to the forefront and are prepared to uh, talk about it and talk about it in the right right way. Uh, so that's uh, fantastic that you've shown that kind of, kind of leadership. Hey, Glenn, I'm, I'm interested, uh, you know, you called it Turn the Corner. You referenced earlier you had that night, you were in a really uh, dark place and, and Jen saved you from the kitchen. Uh, if you were to... Uh, provide some guidance and I'm, I'm careful to use the word guidance here not advice uh, you know guidance to someone who maybe feels like they've been that night in the kitchen or they feel like that could be around the corner for them uh, what guidance would you give in terms of your own experience of how you moved through that situation um, and the steps that you took to to you know get yourself into a better space um, yeah I guess the first thing for me I was very lucky to have Jen not everyone has my Jen or a Jen by them side um, so those people are on their own, and but that doesn't mean they're actually alone. They've just not got that person in the room next door. So I was very lucky to have support, but if I didn't reach out to somebody, and if it's only a GP, you've got to reach out to them because they've got so many professionals. That's number one. Um, after this night, I I did contact my GP just on my own accord. Jen didn't make me, didn't, didn't say you need to do anything about this. I woke up feeling like crap. She just thought it was another day. Um, the next thing I decided was uh, I'd had enough of drinking. Um, I haven't drunk for six and a half years now. That was killing me. If anything was going to kill me, it was going to be on the best. And so booze is a big enemy for me, and I don't advocate that people don't drink, but I do advocate if you're not drinking for the right reasons, which each person individually knows. Um, have a good think about what you're doing because it will catch up with you. It will kick your ass. Um, and it was. I was advised not to go cold turkey, but if I didn't do it that way, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Um, so yeah, that that was the biggest change for me. Waking up every day and morning. Mornings is the best time of day, and I spent more of my time. You know, if it wasn't gym, um, I was sleeping in. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, reaching out is definitely um, making that change. And I guess the biggest thing from that point is be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. It ain't going to happen in a week. You're going to go on a journey, and you're going to try things that are going to be shit. Not going to work. Um, keep looking. I went from this stubborn male egotistical drinking idiot to quite holistic in my approach um something that i never thought i'd ever go and you know i, I tell people about it now most people in the world wouldn't even know what i do in my own time but it serves me well now um, whether it's working on my breathing whether it's trying to meditate although i just fall asleep which is not that <laughs> going out in the hills alone or sometimes triple up well you're gonna have by yourself 
I need some solitude and you know sometimes that's just what I need sometimes I want to go with my family and sometimes I just need to be alone just to clear my head I've just come out of the bush after hunting for three days and off the break so um, it's just what I do everyone has their thing if, you, if you're in Auckland you may just want to go down the beach and look out the ocean I don't I don't know but everyone needs to find their own thing that serves them well um, I did a lot of reading did a lot of soul searching um, so like I, like I say the biggest thing is being patient and I'm six years six and a half years on and I'm just, I'm still working on things and finding new things and experimenting with things. It's uh, it's like a car, and this is how I explain. And and like fitness, you don't buy a car and go, oh, that's all I have to do with it. It's going to last me forever. Our brain's the same, our body's the same. If we don't look after it and give it maintenance, and, you know, do things that serve it well, it's going to break. And yeah, sure enough, it kicked my ass not long ago. After this campaign, I go. I spiraled down and, and you know, I've been working my out. I'm feeling good again. Yeah. Just had to go through the process. Life's full ups and downs. And the other analogy, like I say, fitness. You go to the gym, you build big bosses. You don't go, oh, that's all I have to do. Sweet. If you don't work and you lose, um, you lose your fitness. You're not going to stay fit from doing nothing. So you have to work at it and you have to be prepared to work at it. Don't think it's going to just fall in your lap because you decided mentally. You need to physically make action and make change. Well, yeah, that, that's that's probably the biggest things, but the most important one is reach out right at the get go. Don't feel like you're alone because you're yeah, definitely not alone. That's one thing I've learned. Sure, and I think the guidance of going and seeing your GP is a is a great one. You know, they are trained in how to do the initial uh, assessment of uh, mental health. And, and they've got a lot of resources. Yeah, and they're linked to a lot. Of, yeah, let me say, linked to a lot of resources. A lot of people directly more than you could try and search on Google um, that right there in front of them so it's a stepping stone but it gets you to where you need to get to yeah and as uh, if you could reflect back for us Glenn at a time when you weren't feeling feeling great um, what would you have liked a uh, work colleague uh, buddy on the on the site if he or she had have observed that you weren't in a great space what would you have liked them to say to you or you know how, how could they have possibly helped you in that moment um I think just asking, because I think it's a big thing now, with, especially with the way mates are training, you know, ask a mate, are you okay? And, and actually listening, you know, asking someone, are you okay? And then, hey, are you cool? Um, is, isn't as effective as actually asking someone off-site, go and have a coffee and genuinely giving a shit over a coffee, over a beer, whatever, and actually listening. Um, the biggest problem with us as humans is we try to solve everyone's problems and fix everything, you know. We're not professionals, you're just mates. All you got to do is listen and let that person know you do give a shit about what they're going through and you feel for them and, you know, maybe guide them to their GP or something. So, yeah, I, I wish someone would, I think I did reach out quite a few times, most of them were after drunken nights and, and I do remember them and they were dead in roads. Be, oh, I'll buy you another round and it just got on to a beef pisser. You know, it's just like they didn't know how to handle it and that's no fault of their own. They just weren't trained and just... And, and, you know, the more people can get... Edu- the biggest thing out of this campaign is to try and push people to get educated yeah, I've been pushing mates because I'm in the construction industry. Their, their program is amazing. Um, it's just a stepping stone. It ain't the answers. It's just a way for people to understand what they do. And, and it actually isn't a lot that you need to know. You know, listening to people isn't a big chore. Um, and there's so many others. There's Blueprint for Learning. There's Good Young Courses. There's so many things you can do. You don't have to just get stuck at mates. And if you're not a tradie, there are things to everybody. So... I think we need to start treating mental health education like we do our first aid certificates because, you know, why do we do first aid so that we can put a band-aid on someone before they can get to the professional so they don't die? It's no different with mental health. 
So we need to start putting that Band-Aid on people and, and actually knowing how to put that Band-Aid on someone so that they don't die. Not I'm not there to do surgery on that person and fix them. So, yeah, I really, I really push it down that education side of things for, for that reason. I can tell you right now that the word suicide does not trigger someone. The way you treat someone is what's going to trigger someone. And I'm, I've had suicidal thoughts my whole life and I've managed them generally most of the time. I've never been triggered by the word suicide. I mean, shit, you put on Netflix, you can see anything. You can watch people hang themselves. It's not going to cause someone to want to take their life. So let's stop tiptoeing around it um, and start talking about it, you know? It, it doesn't need to be a word that we can't work around, even educating the young kids. I do believe this is something that we should be educating into um, apprenticeships. Part of your apprenticeship is working from heights, first aid. There needs to be a mental health separate section for young guys. This is where things are going to change. You know, there's guys that have been doing it for 50 years. You know, I'd love to see them change. They're not going, you know, but eventually they're going to move on and retire. And these young guys coming through, this is where culture's going to change in the industry with the young people coming in. And that's going to start at school, at apprenticeships, and with the um, the teams that they're working for, educating them and encouraging them to speak up if they need to and not bagging them because they say, they're having a hard time, say, harden up, have a spoonful of cement, bra, you know. So, yeah, the old rubbish. Yeah, yeah, the old rubbish, but still there, eh? I still yeah. remember a guy that took his life, and I was on a building site, we're all talking about it, and I still remember, it wasn't all that long ago, and I heard this guy say, oh, anyone that takes their life is just selfish, and I was sitting there feeling like shit at that time in my life, and I was just like, you got no idea how unselfish that person's been. You honestly feel like you're doing that doing the world a favour and you're helping everyone. So um, no one fell on that as being selfish. They're just so sick of the, 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 the torture in your own brain. It's like you're, you're drowning in your own thoughts when you're feeling like crap. And it's really hard to dig out. It's a dark, lonely place to be. And, you know, if you've never been there, I, I empty you. Don't think you're immune because it will check someone when you least expect it. And, you know, everyone needs to be know how to spot it, see it, or know what to do if you're in that situation and don't think you're immune and don't assume you know how someone who's going through that is feeling or what they're what they're facing because you have no idea that's right it's such a complicated illness there's no there's no one fix there's no one turn there's no one ball there's no one everyone needs to find their own thing you know there's there's different reasons i have absolutely no reason to, to be this way it's just a genetic thing i, I assume the chemical thing there's some people that have trauma there's some people that you know have been beaten as kids i don't know but Everyone has different reasons to fall into these situations and, and they have different triggers that trigger them, but, you know, they could reach out to me. I don't have the answers, but I do have ears and, you know, I do listen and I do, I do constantly reach out to people now. I've got a lot of, I don't sit here and scroll on my phone on Facebook at night. I sit there and flick out a message every now and again to just someone randomly to see how to get mine because, you know, it goes a long way and when I get them, it's, it's bloody heartfelt. Hey? It's, it keeps you going. Nice, nice. So maybe that's the challenge for us to put out to our listeners today tonight. Uh, think of someone, uh, flick them a text, give them a phone call, uh, see genuinely how are they going. Yeah, yeah, I reach out. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I remember one after a course that I've done, a uh, peer support course. It was a two-day intensive course, something that I just chose to do. I met a lady there, didn't speak to her a huge amount during course, and then all of a sudden, about two months later, I just got this message from her saying, hey, how are you going? How's the family? How are you been? And it was just a complete random reach out to me to see how I was feeling. And it was the most amazing feeling that came over me, and we've just kept in touch ever since. I haven't seen her since. That was about three years ago. 
still haven't seen her face to face and uh, since that course um but we're like best friends <laughs> you know yeah reached out to each other and we haven't spoken yeah. all. and when i'm having a shit lonely day i'll just reach out to her to ask her if she's going and it just creates a little conversation and all of a sudden i'm not on my own you know so reach out to someone see how they're getting on be genuine about it um don't piss take that yeah it's uh it's amazing what you'll get back sometimes it's the answers that you won't actually look for mm-hmm Nice, Glenn. Hey, mate, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. I think the uh, direct, keep it simple, keep it practical. Uh, you know, if you're if you're in the position yourself, you know, reach out for help. Uh, think about what uh, is going to help you, what fills up your tank. You know, as you say, whether that's uh, climbing a mountain or catching up for a coffee or, you know, going to the beach, whatever it is, find, find that thing for you. It's going to be a journey. And if you're on the outside uh, and you see someone who might be having a, an off day, uh, you can you can generally go and uh, ask them how you going, mate, and uh, and be uh, curious and and involved when they respond. Uh, that would be a great a great step. So that that's great. And Glenn, uh, curious to know, is it venison steaks for dinner tonight? Since you've just been hunting, what's going down? No, I was hoping to snag one just before the raw started. I can't get in there for another four weeks now, so I've missed out. <laughs> I've seen every other animal species under the sun, but the one I was looking for. <laughs> right, so back to two minute noodles tonight, is it? Oh, yeah. I think we're making homemade pizzas tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Cool. Hey, Glenn, as I said at the start of this podcast, we've uh, got a little bit of history. It's great to see you in a great spot. Uh, Realise the journey continues, but you look fit and well. Thank you for all you're doing around the uh, raising the awareness of mental health, not only in construction, but uh, more broadly as well. We appreciate your efforts, mate. You're a bloody champion. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's all, right. all right, mate. See you later. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. If you need further help, there are helpline services available 24 hours, seven days a week that offer support, information and help for you, your whānau and friends. You can give a free call or text to 1737 for support from a trained counsellor. You can also refer to Lifeline on 0800 543 354 0800 Lifeline or free text 4357. For more information and services, please refer to the show notes.